Welcome to Rest-Based Weight Loss, the podcast series that gives you the tools you need to lose weight effortlessly and keep it off forever. After struggling with my weight for years, I eventually came to learn that weight issues are not diet and exercise issues. Weight issues are stress issues. Today, I am a certified nutrition consultant, stress management coach, and lifestyle coach on a mission to teaching women how to transform their mind, their body, and their health from the inside out. Now, let's jump into today's episode. I want to continue the conversation from the last episode, um, dieting versus suppressing addiction. <laughs> um, there, there were so many more examples of of what I what I meant that has been popping up just lately. The more I think about it, and the more conversations that I have with people, um, you know, the whole idea that uh, you know changing our eating habits for the sake of losing weight has very little to do with those eating habits or the food that we eat, um, but has a lot to do with the reason why we eat those foods in the first place. And this is not a new connection for me. This is a connection that um, I've, you know, from the very beginning of becoming a weight loss coach and even going through my own personal journey. Um, I always knew that this connection existed, but I didn't realize, I didn't realize how strong the connection was. So in this episode, I just to give to just to provide a little more context around what I was trying to say in the last episode, I want to just share um, sort of my story and what I mean by, you know, dieting versus suppressing addiction. When I think about, when I look back and I think about my journey, um, I, I, I look back and I wonder what my addiction was and my addictions were, uh, they were pretty, uh, they weren't complicated. <laughs> it was very, you know, pretty simple. Um, but I had an addiction to, I had an addiction to, let's say pleasure, so to speak. So any foods that, uh, provided a sensation of pleasure, pleasurable foods, and uh, pleasurable foods were usually very high calorie, um, heavy fat, heavy starch foods, comfort foods, so to speak. Um, so I was addicted to pleasure and uh, I was addicted to comfort um, and I was also addicted to security. So those were, those were my addictions and any food groups that provided those sensations, the same sensations of pleasure, comfort, or security were foods that I ate nonstop on a continuous basis. And I would, I would eat these foods and experience like emotional highs, so to speak. And these, these were the highs that I was addicted to. So when it was time for me to start dieting, um, at first in college, I, uh, decided to start working out. <laughs> I remember my freshman year of college, I, I came home during winter break, I think. And I told my dad that, you know, I wanted to start lifting weights. So he, uh, hired a, a personal trainer for me to teach me how to lift weights, teach me proper form and everything. I'll never forget. Her name was Charmaine. Um, she was originally from Jamaica 
and she was the most beautiful woman I've ever, I'd ever seen. And she had a ton of muscles. <laughs> she was really very muscular. Um, she had a six pack. She was really strong. And, uh, I remember that she was training for her first competition and I was like, okay, so her, I, you know, I was like, this is perfect. Like, I'm just going to do everything she tells me to do because I want to look like her. And I remember her telling me like, you know, okay, so we're lifting weights. And she was like, um, don't eat fried foods. And that, that was the only directive that she gave me was like, don't eat fried foods. She was like, if you do eat fried foods, then, uh, you know, make sure it's within an hour after your workout. But after that, don't. I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, I can do that. Um, and then I remember after like some week, probably about, um, you know, weeks or so, and I'm sorry, this wasn't winter break. It was summer break, it was summer break, but weeks went by and she was, and she had me step on the scale. She was like, you're not losing any weight. She was like, are you eating fried foods? <laughs> and I was like, yes. <laughs> so that was my first experience with trying to give up, uh, certain foods for the sake of like changing my body or dieting. Um, that was, that was a failure, a, a tender age of 17, 18 years old or whatever. That was my first experience with it. Uh, my second experience was, um, in college talking to a friend of mine and I went to Notre Dame at Catholic university and uh, talking to a friend of mine, very devout Catholic friend of mine who during every Lenten season, she fasted completely for 40 days. She fasted. She did it every year. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so inspired by this. I want to fast, except not from food. Uh, I'll, I'll pick something. <laughs> I'll pick some. I'm not going to not eat for 40 days, but, uh, I'll, you know, I'll try something. I'll fast from, and she was like, well, you know, um, just choose something that you really, really love and, you know, try to fast from that for Lent. I was like, oh yeah, that sounds good. Uh, I'll fast from desserts. I'll fast from sweets. It's like, okay, great. Uh, I think within three hours, somebody had brought out a big tray of fresh baked chocolate chip cookies. And I was like, I can't stop myself from going and eating this cookie. Like I physically couldn't hold myself back from eating the cookie. And that's when, that is when I realized, okay, actually there might be something wrong with my relationship with food. Because I'm not trying to give this up for diet's sake. I'm trying to give this up for like spiritual reasons. Like I'm trying to make a Lenten vow. And three hours after I make this vow, I can't keep it. Um, my addictions, I guess, to my addictions to pleasure, comfort, and security during that time was also connected to the fact that my parents were, were going through a divorce at that same exact time. So that I had just gone off to college and it was a very heartbreaking and emotional, emotionally uh, tumultuous time because I never imagined that my parents would break up. And I remember, you know, praying that my parents would stay together every single day, faithfully, you know, praying for my parents to reconcile their marriage and it didn't happen. So my addiction to comfort, pleasure, and security was no longer, <clears throat> it was no longer just a, it, it became a need. It became a need and a, a way for me to cope 
a way for me to survive, a way for me to get to get through uh, my parents' divorce, a way for me to get through the fact that I was so incredibly homesick, but that every time I went home, um, I felt even worse because my dad wasn't there anymore. That was the only thing. My food was the only thing that kept my head above water. And so using food as an emotional crutch, right? And it's, once again, now I realize it's not, it's not just the food. It's not the food. It's, it's what the food provided that I needed. And using that as a crutch, um, essentially during college, it established, like kind of solidified my relationship with food moving forward. So then it, it became less of, you know, an emotional need, an emotional drive. And it just became more of a habit. It just became a habit to overeat until I felt sick. It became a habit to eat comfort foods and choose comfort foods over fresh foods, fruits, and vegetables. Um, It became a habit to make fun of people who were dieting and exercising. Um, it, it, It just became habit. So when I was kind of getting to, you know, now getting a little bit older and trying all of these different diet programs and exercise programs to lose weight, every time I would implement a diet or an exercise program that threatened my comfort, that threatened my pleasure and brought pain instead, right? Or that threatened my sense of security, a sense of esteem in myself to actually be able to do this, I failed, right? Because my addiction, my, um, my need, my drive was to seek pleasure, comfort, and security. So every human being, we seek these things. And if we're not securing and getting these things from our, from our, our lifestyle, if we're not securing and getting these things, you know, from, our family members, from our marriages, um, you know, from our careers, uh, from our faith. If we're not getting these things from, you know, other sources, then we are going to seek them out and we're going to find them through the way that we eat, period. It's, it, it doesn't, I, I feel like in general, uh, I don't, I don't, I feel like it's not much more complicated than that. And so I always believed that we just had to fix the addiction to the food by swapping it out for foods, for other foods, nutritious foods, whole foods that could elevate those same hormones. But now I realize that in addition to that, we have to find out, we have to figure out what the addiction is and tackle that from the root. Now, uh, am I saying that that has to be done and that has to be taken care of before we can actually begin the process of dieting and losing weight? No, but it must absolutely be done at the same time. That exploration of figuring out what the addiction is and where it came from, that 100%, that, has, that must it has to absolutely be a part of the journey. Why? 
because if that area is not explored and figured out and discovered, then you're just going to swap out, kind of like what my friend was saying, you're just going to swap out one addiction for another. You're going to find something else to feed whatever it is that you're addicted to. And when the going gets tough and the tough gets going or you do manage to lose some weight, you do manage to uh, achieve some results, um, or when you run into some sort of stressor, when you run into some sort of uh, hardship, when you run into some sort of emotional trauma, the habit that you formed of running to these particular foods that you seem to be addicted to right now, that habit is just going to, it's just going to pull you back. So I would encourage you once again, to take a look at, to take a look at the foods that you eat and make the connection. What is it that the foods are providing? Are the, are the foods providing, providing a sense of, of uh, self-esteem and self-confidence? Are they just making you happy? Like you sit down to eat this food and all of a sudden you start bouncing up and down in your chair. And they just, you just, a feeling of happiness washes over you. <laughs> Do you feel pleasure? Do you feel like, oh, this is so good, it's so bad? You know, is that what you feel? Figure out what it is that you feel and, uh, and from there, you'll be able to figure out, okay, so it's not this chocolate cake that I'm addicted to. Oh, I, I just don't have a, I, I just don't, I, it's just not just a sweet tooth. Oh, it's not just a love for chocolate. No, there's something else here. There's this pleasure that I'm able to um, experience while I eat this that I'm not able to experience in other areas of my life, that it doesn't, you know, I don't get the same kind of pleasure from any other source. Okay. So I hope that me sharing kind of my story as an example, I hope that that helped. Uh, And forgive me for not introducing myself. In case this is your first time listening, I'm Lene Urban, nutrition and lifestyle coach. And I, I really hope this episode was helpful and I hope it was inspiring. Okay. This was another episode of the rest-based weight loss podcast series. Once again, I am your host, Lene Urban, and I can't wait to talk to you next time. Hey there. I am looking for a group of 30 women who are willing to take on the rest-based weight loss challenge. If you have 25 50, 75 pounds to lose, and you don't want to lose it with hard exercise and extreme dieting, then go to operationfixmylife.com slash coaching and sign up for the rest-based weight loss challenge today.